Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. Hello, hello. We are live today on the podcast. We are talking about growing through our grief and transitions with my friend Lexi Dopp, and she is her own expert, as many of us become in grief and transitions. And so I've invited her today so that she can share um, her process and, and what she offers to you who are listening, and you're going to love it. Because no matter who you are and where you've been, grief and transitions are a part of your life. They're going to be, if they haven't already in a big way, they will be in a big way. And none of us can escape it as humans, unfortunately. And so developing the skills of how to move through those things is a beautiful thing to figure out. So Lexi uh, Dopp, who the heck is she? Um, I know her because of Kiava. We uh, work together there, which is the active wear swimsuit clothing company that I've been an affiliate for forever. And, um, so we knew each other here and there, uh, through that. And then have, I think, I feel like have followed, I followed you more closely as we've connected through grief and transition. And so after a decade of content, content creation and marketing and going through her own grief journey, she's decided to create a journal and advocate for others going through transitions in life and mental health. And she's a great follow. Um, she's fun and she's definitely living in, in a fun new transition in her life. And so um, let's just start with where, where life has taken you to get you to this point, because it usually isn't my life has been so easy and so great. And so I created this journal that can help you. It's life has been hard in, in yeah. many ways. And so here we go. This is definitely not the, I have everything figured out. So <laughs> this tool I created so that you can get your crap together. That's not the tool. Um, everyone, like you said, everyone has their own experiences this human experience is wild and everyone has their own things they go through. And I think they're very connecting. Like you said, mm -hmm. I think we kind of have a little trauma bond. Yes. Right. <laughs> we got divorced around the same time. Mm -hmm. And so we all have these individual experiences, but they're very connecting and we can learn so much from each other. But, um, I started learning about hardship really young. Um, I have a brother who has a disability and I thought it was just like kind of normal, but as you grow up, you kind of learn that things are a little bit different. And I also watched my parents go through different stages of grief. I think that I'm not a parent, but I can assume that when things don't go as expected, it, it takes a little bit of a shift to change those expectations. So 
I, I saw some things with that where we would have conversations as a family, how to process those hard things, but things kind of, um, came to a head when I was, I don't remember how old, but a few years ago (laughs) I got divorced at at a young age. I'm only 25 now. So I got divorced at a young age, but kind of that perfect girl, that older sister, that straight A student, like I'm, here's my plan. I've got it all figured out. I couldn't do that anymore with this divorce and everything just came to a head. And I was just so sad and felt like running away. I, I didn't know how to live. Like the will to live was not there. It just was a really hard time that I had never experienced. I had been sad and I had like grieved grandparents and I had been like disappointed over things, but this was just a new experience for me that was so um, out of body and all encompassing at the same time. I have this quote that's um, I use all the time. You can feel everything at once while feeling nothing at all. Mm. It was, it was that like just too much. It was too much to handle. So I kind of ran away a little bit. I just booked a flight to one of my favorite places um, in the Caribbean, St. Martin. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go to the beach because you can't be sad at the beach. I'm going to like figure things out. It's going to be fine. And it was the loneliest week of my life, but I just journaled. I journaled every day and read and floated in the ocean and cried and journaled. It was, it was a great experience because it was the first time I was learning to be alone, Mm -hmm. but that journal was like my safety blanket. And it also helped me express feelings that I had never really processed. And that was the first time that I really noticed unconscious thoughts Mm. coming out. I had never gone to therapy before. I had kind of gone to some different group things. Like I I was trying to do the work, read the self-help books. Mm -hmm. Like I was on the path, but I just hadn't gotten there yet. I hadn't hit that like experience that breaks you open. Yep. So that journaling really helped me unleash and it was transformative for me. I was becoming a different person shedding, letting go. And it just was something that I was like, why does not everyone know about this? So now I just scream it from the rooftops that everyone (laughs) needs to journal. Okay. And so I love this. And I definitely remember seeing you journaling on the beach and I never really pieced this together, but we, that we do have that in common. I didn't run away to the beach, but I ran away to the red rocks and you know, it was just, I was reading the conscious uncoupling and doing the worksheets through that. And it was a lot of journaling and it was all alone time. Um, and it, it did give me just everything you're describing of that. I'm glad I don't feel as alone. Sometimes I feel like people think, how did you not have hope after your former husband asked for a divorce? Like I have so much to live for. But when you're in it and you, and it's, the world has told us that divorce is this horrible and failure type of experience. And then to go through it, I had a lot of grieving for myself and forgiving myself for 
not asking for it myself or like there was just so many layers of why didn't I see this? Or, you know, why, why was this such a surprise to me? And in, instead of actually grieving the actual relationship, um, which was another layer in itself. And then the grieving the future that I was so uncertain and I had no idea what it was holding. Um, so I have a whole podcast on that. So if you haven't run away yet <laughs> in a transition, run away, we both, we both run away and life got better. No. Um, <laughs> and mine was a week too. So it's a kind of amazing what that time can do if you aren't turning on the TV and you aren't numbing it out and you really yes. choose to sit in that discomfort and so move uncomfortable. that. So yeah. And two on the beach, I didn't have cell service. So there was mm-hmm. one restaurant that I had Wi-Fi, and I would like call my mom every couple days. And there was just one day where I was like, I am not okay. What mm. is going on? But it was, like I said, it was the first time in my life where I had been alone yeah, by yourself. There was no one to be codependent of. There was no one to make me feel okay or make them feel okay. So, but also with that and the running away, it kind of, if I didn't do that, not only do I think my healing journey would have been different, but my life would have been different because I on that trip, I loved waking up every morning with the sun and getting outside and going on walks and going to journal and doing like slow movement, like Pilates and yoga on the beach. And then I came back home during the holidays. So sad. It was so, my parents live in a suburb North of Salt Lake. So it was so snowy and dark Mm-hmm. And was like, okay, wait, that felt really good. This does not feel good. So then I ran away part two to the Red Rocks, <laughs> St. George, where you're from. Yes. And like, that would have been, my life would be totally different mm-hmm. if I hadn't had that experience where I got to know myself a little bit better. Oh, wait, I like the sun. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is how I want to build my new, my new dreams and my new life. So I love that. And I hope you're listening and hear the freedom that we have to rewrite our future. And when things don't go as planned and we say, you know, I've, I feel like my transitioning through divorce has been letting go of the idea that, wait, I thought I was just going to have two kids. Mm -hmm. And now no matter who I'm with, there's probably more kids in the scenario. Wild. That was not a thought before. Like, Right. right. And so that has been a lot of fear, but also the like letting go and saying, why am I basing decisions in fear mm-hmm. and, and moving through that emotion to look at the transition? Like life is full of transitions. And the reality is when divorce came for me, I didn't like that transition. It was so, un- it was the hardest thing I had done at that point. And I had done a lot of hard things and it, it rocked my world. And yet I love being divorced now. So I'm like, I know that it's going to be uncomfortable no matter what happens next, my next step, but I probably will still end up liking it just like I do with most transitions. Even rebuild after betrayal for me, I didn't like it in the beginning, but as the repair mode came and rebuilding, I actually did love it. I found a lot of beautiful people in my life and, and, and meaning and skills. And so I ended up loving, I love it so much. That's my job. So 
And I think being able to give yourself permission to feel both, like we said at the beginning, they're like that hopelessness and the loneliness. Mm-hmm. You can't get away from that when you're in such like the depths of hard, but then also finding hope in something. And if you're in that hard right now, maybe that's reclaiming and maybe you can't book a trip to Miami or the Caribbean, but I'll tell you that watching you reclaim your life in your home, Mm -hmm. like that you were already in, it's so fun to watch. You just go down the street with your paddleboard, you're reclaiming your, your schedule and like the things you want to do, the way you want to spend your time and romanticizing it in a beautiful way. And so being able to give yourself the permission to grieve and feel that heaviness while also finding hope in those things that spark joy. And I'm like such a fan of reclaiming and like finding those things that just light your life up, whether it's like a diet Coke run every day (laughs) or you're journaling on the beach or like you love the big dresses. I have my sparkly boots and we wear them on Instagram like every (laughs) month and we just go to town. You know, it's those things like there is room for both. Yes. And that's part of the journey. But if you shut one part down, it's you hard. shut it all down. Like if we're trying to numb one, we numb them all. Right. Yeah. And, and I love that. So here's an important phrase. If you haven't heard it before, it's the word and, and that is what you're describing. You can be grieving and, and feeling hopeless in a lot of ways and depressed and over here have something to look forward to. And that is actually something that I encourage all my women in my groups that I mentor is, are you, do you have something to look forward to every day? Because that is what saved me. And I needed something to look forward to when I was coming home to nothing. There was nobody here. My kids were, my kids right now are at their dad's. And so it's quiet and and there's nothing here for me. And so I have to figure those things out. And what do, what does Ashlyn like to do when it's quiet? I don't, sometimes I turn on music and sometimes I like it quiet. Yeah. And, and that's probably not something that you really explored. Mm-hmm. Like what does Ashlyn like to do? Yes. Like, well, I, and I lost myself. I was married for decades. And so I definitely lost myself in, in being a partner and a parent. And so for me, this next transition, as I am in a committed relationship is like, I've told him, I'm sorry, but there is fear around losing myself again. And as much as I want that commitment and to take the next steps, I'm also like, you have to understand what I lost before and that I can never go back there. And I've created this life that I want. And, and I know it's not always going to look like this, but I need to keep pieces of it for me. Um, so so relatable, I'm smiling and it's so (laughs) funny how like parallel our journeys are like, we got divorced around the same time. We met our guys around. (laughs) Yes. (gasps) they're dating at the same time, like gotten committed relationships at the same time. So I just feel like I learned so much from you. Like maybe you're like my Instagram mirror or something. (laughs) Well, well, you are too. Relatable and fun. Yeah. Oh, it it is. It's fun. And it's also hard. Um, And we're definitely not promoting, go have a transition in your life. We're saying, Hey, here's some skills in order to move you through those, those pieces of you. So Okay. So Lexi, I, I love what you said of like every, why isn't everyone doing this? Why isn't everyone journaling? And it's funny because I, I walk my girls in group through a series of what we call dailies. And these are dailies that keep us accountable, 
but they're also the things that help us build trust in ourselves. Like I'm going to make this commitment to eat one healthy meal a day. And I get to say, I did it every single night when I go to bed. Um, I'm not saying eat everything healthy. I'm saying one healthy meal a day. And for so many women, that's very powerful to, to reclaim that of like, wow, I told myself I was going to do these things. And then I did them. Or some days we can't do them all, you know, and we, we throw things aside, but I will tell you most of the women that I work with are checking in saying they didn't journal because they hate it. And, and they haven't had, I do think you have to have this testimonial moment where you believe in it and you see the power of it and what it can do that ruminating or talking it out with a friend cannot do. Yeah. Would you agree? I would totally agree because for 20, the first 20 years of my life, I would get new journals, those gifts. And I'd be like, yes, this is going to be the one where I like document my whole life and I'm going to do it every day. And you like start one with like recapping the five days <laughs> like this week, blah, blah, blah. And then you don't touch it for like six months until you like break up with a boyfriend or something sad happens. <laughs> you're excited. And then you're like, oh my gosh, it's been six months. I am a loser. <laughs> so I totally get it. And I think the first kind of mindset shift we have to make is that this is for you. This is a tool. It's not your family genealogy. It's not dear diary. You're not like documenting every name and every place you went so that your great, great granddaughter can read how perfect and amazing you were and be inspired by your life. Like if you want to have that kind of journal and that's important to you and you thrive off that cool, like have that journal, but also have a journal for you that is a therapy tool mm -hmm. to write out how you're feeling. So I think that's the first mindset shift is that this journal is for you. And then also don't have a filter. And that can be really scary because we have those thoughts that go in our mind all day. Some of them are not very nice to others or to ourselves. Some of them are complaining and some of them are sad. And oh my gosh, no one can know that I have like super, super sad thoughts. So that feels really scary to document on paper. Mm -hmm. But if we can just let that filter go and just write what is in our head and get it out of our bodies, that is where the power is. And when you feel like you don't have anything else to write and you've written one sentence and you're like, oh, see, I don't have anything to journal about. Just wait, take some breaths, like have some stillness. And then mm -hmm. the next thought that comes into your mind, write that down. And then the next thought, write that down. And at the end of that, if you're still so uncomfortable, you can burn the page, rip it out because it's your journal for you, rip it out and burn it throw it away. It's, it's out of your body. It's practice. It's like getting in this new routine. So those would be my three tips for starting. Okay. I love that. And, and I love the idea that it's yours and you get to do what you want with it. I think sometimes we need the permission mm -hmm. because I was taught and I was actually, I have so many journals from growing up because the religion I grew up in is like, do it for genealogy, do it oh, for right. your posterity. And we're kind of keeping record, but oh my goodness, it was not that it was like, this boy is so cute. And yeah, oh my goodness, that's mine too. <laughs> it's just all about boys. And so who cares about any of that? But, 
Um, I even found one the other day that was just a bunch of apologies. I'm sorry. I didn't write again. I'm sorry. I didn't write again. Like I was even sorrying for no reason when I was 12 and to nothing, to a book that no one was reading, you know? Um, so that was interesting for me, but I hear a lot of women, they're so afraid because the women I'm working with are it's, they're often still trying to repair and they're in this partnership where they're feeling such big emotions. And yet I don't want my partner to, to see all of this because it might hurt the relationship even more. So I'm afraid to write it down and get it out of my head. What if someone finds it? And so I like the permission to, you can throw away once you write it down. It can be a note, like it doesn't need to be anything big and hard bound that you're going to keep forever. However, I have a friend who she said that one of the most powerful things her mom gave her was her old journal Mm -hmm. to see as a single mom, what she actually was going through when my friend was small and it wasn't the fluff. It It wasn't real. It was the real. And she said it immediately, like her mom likely would have been so mortified if someone had read that real time, Mm -hmm. but she kept it. I've kept all of mine through the betrayal, through the divorce, through dating. And then, and now in a committed relationship, it is sometimes messy. And it is in those moments, like, I would never want my partner to, to read this because in this moment, the emotion is so big and it feels so real. But when I can process and let it out of my brain and, and use that tool of, I, when it's, when I leave it in my brain or even, well, we'll go through that. If I leave it in my brain, it ruminates as this broken record where it can either send me into I call it the thought train and it just takes me down this whole journey of I'm going to a whole nother part of the country now because I've created this whole story. My life I'm, is over. <laughs> everything <laughs> burn it all. It's ending. It's all <laughs> over. <laughs> so if I can catch myself before I jump on that train, yeah. I'm able to actually let it out. Like you're saying, and to release it onto paper. And there is science behind that and actually using pen to paper and doing it rather than just letting it be in my head and like, Oh no, I'm thinking about it and it's helping. It's usually not. (laughs) Um, the other thing is I often am like, I'll just go to a friend and tell a friend and, and process that way. But it, it, that's tricky too, because sometimes we're just seeking validation. Tell me I'm right. Tell me that they're wrong. Um, or they're giving advice that maybe we don't need to hear or that doesn't fit. They don't know the whole story. We're in a really big emotion right now. And now we're turning it over to someone who's somewhat emotionally invested in our life. That can be scary too. Yeah. Um, we'll end with that too. Um, I've found within probably the past two years um, that that, that doesn't help me if I'm venting to a friend because it's not helping me work on my own trust with myself. Yeah. And so, like you said, you just kind of want a friend to validate you and you want to feel heard and journaling can actually help you feel that, that those thoughts in your head, I call it the wheel. Me and my mom Mm -hmm. call it the wheel where it just spins and those thoughts spin. It's crazy making. Like if you feel crazy. It's because those thoughts are just going and going and going and it causes anxiety and like tightness in your body and stress that 
doesn't necessarily need to be there if you can just get it out. Yeah. So some other ways that I like to use that as, as first a tool to validate my own feelings, um, but also kind of as a first draft, I just (laughs) dump it out to kind of be like, okay, what are we working with here? You know, like, let's get it all out on paper. And then I can think, oh, you know what? Actually, I think I'm wrong and I can take accountability or I can like validate myself and be like, you know what? That was really hard. And I'm sorry that happened to you. Like a little inner Mm -hmm. child moment. Yes. Or I can look at it and say, this is still bothering me. I think I want to have a conversation about it either with my therapist or with someone I'm in a relationship with, whether it's like my parents or a family member, or my boyfriend. So it's kind of like a strategy strategy session brain dump for me where I can mm-hmm. just get it out. I feel better instantly, but then I can kind of look it over and I'll circle parts and then go to the next page and be like, okay, what's going on here? Like this is kind of feeling funky or I'm still really mad about this. I think we need to do some more work here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love that. I'm I'm a first draft believer as well, so that we can take sometimes second or or third, if we need to the actual people and have it. Maybe it's still filled with some emotion, but not all emotion. There's some logic, there's some accountability, there's some needs that maybe we need to ask for. So I love all that. Um, Tell me, I want to hear more of, tell them about the journal and and because there are prompts, there's really beautiful things throughout the entire journal, uh, for people, especially if they're maybe like me and we're taught that journaling is today. I went to, and I did this, this, and this, and and it's not necessary model. (laughs) Yes. So it really is a great start. It's a great gift. If you know someone who's going through a transition or grief, to say here, like, I'm not sure what to do or say, but I do know that this is something beautiful. Totally. To that point, it is such a great gift because there's things that happen where it's horrible accidents or divorces or deaths or people's dogs die, or just these awful things that are uncomfortable and like, hi, here's some cookies. Yeah. You want to show your support, but I love giving this as a gift because it's functional. Like they have to choose to use it, which Mm -hmm. is totally up like, but it's just, it's functional. Like they can actually use this and it will better their lives. So it is a great gift, but to go back to your first point of journaling is hard. Like I didn't do this today because it feels so hard. This journal has so many prompts in it and you don't have to go in order. So I experienced this when I was journaling on the beach because I would just look through pages of this prompted journal that my cousin gifted me. And it was specifically for people who had passed away. And so sometimes I would like cross out prompts if it didn't work, or I would change prompts or write my own if I was like feeling something specific, which is how I got to creating my own is just a grief journal for everyone that no matter what transition you're going through, this journal will help you. But I would sit on the beach and I would just um, turn the pages until I found a prompt that kind of like pulled at my heart. And I'd be like, okay, this is the one we're going in. And I would just go out of order. I would date each page so that I could sentimentally remember like what day that was. And, um, I would just write until I felt done. 
and I would write in the margins of some pages. And if I found something that I liked, I would like kind of put it in the, um, like in the binding. So that is another thing is just taking out the perfection of it. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to come up with these, these unique thoughts, like use the prompts, don't go in order. I put quotes in there. It's really bright colors again for the sparking joy and finding hope with those quotes. And if you see a quote that is bringing either like really inspiring thoughts, you're like, this is making me so mad. Write those thoughts (laughs) out on the quote page, like ruin the quote page and write out your thoughts that you're thinking. I love that. (laughs) Go against the whole idea of it. Um, Yes, I love all this. And and I I would love for people to experience it real time and really just try, especially if you're you're maybe feeling stuck in a transition or in grief and you're not sure how to get out of it. Maybe you are in therapy, maybe you are doing things, but it doesn't feel like it's working. If you haven't tried journal prompts in this way, I do think it changes things that, uh, you know, I have my simple little journal prompts that I stick with a lot of days because it's not always grief, right. But it's still moving emotion. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about this is, okay. If we choose to learn the skills of moving our emotion and the freedom and permission to say, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, you know, if I'm at the point where I'm like, if somebody reads it, they read it. Like yeah. that's on them, you know, that's on them. Don't look in my stuff if you don't want to see. <laughs> it's on them. Um, but there's also, I don't, there, there's value in, in being able and freedom to say, this is where I'm at today. And I know tomorrow I might feel different, but right now I'm going to allow it to come out of my body and to just kind of spew it onto yeah. the page of this journal and, and let it go. And do you feel great immediately after? Not always. Um, but for me, a lot of times I'm, I'm making connections Mm -hmm. as I'm writing. So you're saying like, sometimes you have to soothe that inner child of like, that makes sense why you would feel that way. For me, when I have those moments, like this makes sense. Um, my therapist has always said, uh, what's hysterical is historical. And so when I feel these really big emotions over something that normally I'm like annoyed at, but I'm not hysterical at like the emotion isn't as big, then I have to go back into what is familiar about this. There is something that was, that came before this day that is bringing up more emotion inside of me. And so, I mean, it's a definition of a trigger, right? For those who don't know what a trigger is. It's our body actually setting us a cue and saying, Hey, there's some healing work that needs to be done around this, but it's subconscious. And so it's sometimes very confusing, uh, why we're showing up in reactive mode, screaming at our kids or being rude to a friend over text or not wanting to get out of bed. These are very simple ways we show up as human that are common. And we often don't even know why. Um, I had a friend the other day who said, I just, I just felt the need to cry. And I just let myself instead of trying to figure out why I was crying and, and just allowed her body to just release it. And then 
she started making the connections because she wasn't forcing herself to try to figure it out. And she's a big journaler too. So she goes and journals and makes those connections. So I think there's power in pen to paper Mm -hmm. prompts. And I will tell you, grief is not a one-time thing. Transition is not a one-time thing. And so if we can choose to do something like this journal and learn some of those skills, it's going to come in handy for the next time. I, I know that for me, a new transition, sometimes I stumble and I have to find my ground. Cause it's like, wait, this is new. And I, I don't know how, I, like where'd all my skills go. And then I regroup and like, okay, I actually do know how to do this. It's just a different arena. Yeah. And just practicing in a new way. Yep. It, it well, feels I, different, but sorry. I can do this. Yeah. I started a new journal just last week because I'm going through a transition that is so exciting and so happy, but I'm like, okay, we, <laughs> I, I feel fear like sometimes. And I think we just need to start a new journal. You know? <laughs> so it's just like, I love journaling because it's such an accessible tool. It's there for you. Any time of day. It's so easy. Like the barrier to entry. It's it's always there. Mm-hmm. Like just, just there for you. Just start, you know? Yes. A simple, simple tool. So, okay. Where can they find this journal? Where can they find you? And I believe I have a discount code for them too. Yes. So, yes. so the journal is available at Lefa L E F a collective.com. And, um, you can check us out at our Instagram, Leafa Collective. My personal Instagram is LexiFaithDop. And you can save 15% with the code Ashlyn. And we can also do a giveaway if you're down. Oh, yeah, let's do. So. We can we can do that. We'll do it on the day it comes out. If okay. you want, we can do that over on the gram. Uh, so if you're listening to this on the day that it has been released, definitely pop over there um, and we'll do a giveaway. Because you definitely, I think you want one, but and if you don't want one for yourself and you're like, I'm good, I don't need transition. I don't need <laughs> grief. Uh, give it as a gift. Yeah. And it might be one of those things. If you're like me, you have like a little box of things that are go-to gifts. And this would be a good one to have in your back pocket because there's always somebody, a neighbor or a friend or a family member who's transitioning. And so thank you so much for being here and for sharing your own journey and helping others. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email.